Well, I haven't seen you um, for two weeks, and uh, I haven't seen you since we went to the, to the sending. The sending was most amazing. And when I go to a, to a, a, a conference, I always ask God for the, the takeaway. What do I take away from here? And this time I went, I said to him, Father, give me a word, a specific word for going forward. And this is what God said to me. He said, I'm going to magnify myself to you in the physical realm with signs and wonders so that you'll see my glory, splendor, majesty. This will be ushered in and usher in a mighty revival. It's the third wave of a God. That's what God said to me. I was extremely excited about that. Um, so I've also been with my Sarah, and I don't know if you know, but Marcelo was, was elected, was selected as the national coach for women's water polo. And then when they came down here to do the selection, she wasn't even asked for an opinion on who should be there. And she's been to all the games and so on and so forth. And, uh, and, um, and they chose a team and she, she only found out once the team was chosen that she wasn't the, the coach. So D. Harris rose up within her. And uh, she wrote to them and asked them a few questions. And because she asked questions, and she's a woman, they fired her. So she's fired. So she wrote a blog, and the blog has caused a major chadunta. It went worldwide. It went everywhere. It went everywhere. And at the moment, she's in this place where she's taken on SA Swimming and all those boys, the boys' club. They actually went to the water polo thing. They didn't even take a woman as a, as a representative with them. So it's... Um, it's interesting times for us. And it was just so good that it all happened when I was there so I could support her. And, and there was a few tears, of course, and a few other things. And, and um, praise God, isn't it good the way he directs and, and does things? So if you've got a moment to pray and you think about my Siri, pray for her. Um, she's had international coaches finding her. She's had, international, she's had people from America interviewing her saying, just want you to know we're on your side in this issue. Amen? If you're a woman, you have equal rights as a man. Amen? That's what I get a few more amens from you girls. Oh, you know already. Okay. So anyway, I've, I've, um, I've called this message. Are you packed and ready to go? I need to ask you a question. If you're going to go on an overseas holiday... What are the three most important things that you make sure you have? Passport. Money. Ticket. Yeah, you can't go without a ticket. Health insurance. Amen? Can't go anywhere if you don't have those. Okay? Now, for those of you who've got small children, or, and also if you've got a child like mine, if you go on a road trip, what do you take with you? What do you take with you when you go on a road trip? You take patkos. So the most important thing on, on a road trip in patkos is a Coca-Cola. Who would, who would like a Coke this morning? There's a Coke for you. <laughs> uh, you take salt and vinegar chips. You'd like the salt and vinegar chips? 
You've got to put your hand up quick in the back row there. Now, Lee wasn't in the front, but I, I got uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. You take speckled eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you would take milk bottles. Oh, you can't go without milk bottles. Kids would always say to me, we've got to take milk bottles, Dad. I said, yeah. And then, oh, nearly lost it in the bottom. Bullies. Can't throw the bullies too far. You got it, sir. And then, unfortunately, you've got to take water. <laughs> Woolies have now decided that they don't give you plastic bags anymore. They, you've got to purchase one of these. So every time you go there, you must take one of those with you, otherwise it becomes an expensive exercise. Okay, for you to go forward and to, to go out into the world... There's three very important things that you need. They're essential. It's three baptisms that you need. And um, I'm going to talk to you about the three baptisms today. Have you got them up there? Not yet. Well, don't put them up yet. Let me read you our scripture. It's Matthew 16, 15. It says, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. As you go, be mindful while you're going. So as you go, you need to be mindful while you're going. And it says here, go into all the world and preach. Preach the gospel. Now, it's not all of you that are going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? But that preach there means to live. It means to live the gospel. But all of you can go into the world and live the gospel. Bible says that you are a letter that's written. And this letter that's written, people see the gospel in you. So you, you're in a position where you can also go and preach the gospel. On a daily basis, you can preach the gospel just through your life. Amen? So as you go, you love people. As you go, you live a godly life. Living a godly life is a demonstration of the gospel. If you live a godly life, it's a demonstration of the gospel. As you go, invite people into your life. Amen? I was invited to a meal today. So nice. As you go, live the word as an ambassador. As you go, preach the word. There'll be times when you preach the word. Glenn is very good at preaching the word. Glenn with all his nonsense. And he's really got a lot of nonsense. He, he really does. He chirps and carries on, but then preaches the word. He sends me the little word of the week. And I send it to Laura all the way across there in, in the bush where she lives. And then as you go, if you're going to a very nice place, please take Harry with you. Amen. So I want to show you three baptisms. Amen. You can put the slide up. Will it go up? Yes.
Is it up? Okay. So, there are three baptisms. The first one is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. Next one, the disciples baptize in water. Matthew 28, 19. And the third one, Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at these. Okay? Let me do the first one. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body. When it talks about body there, it's talking about Christ. Whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're bond or free, you've been made to drink of one Spirit. When you get saved... In salvation, a miracle takes place. When you confess Christ as Lord in your life, a miracle takes place at that time. And you are baptized at that time by the Holy Spirit into Christ, into the body of Christ. It says, for by one Spirit, we've all been baptized into the body. So we get saved. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So at salvation, you get baptized into the body of Christ. Now, for you to get to heaven, all you need to do is give your life to Christ. Amen? If you look at the thief that was on the cross, when, um, when, he, when he told the other one to be quiet, remember? And Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Remember that? There was no time to take him down and water baptize him, and he wasn't filled with the Spirit, but he went straight there. You need, you need three baptisms. But if you want to go to heaven, you only need to give your life to Christ. Amen? Now, you're not a thief, and you didn't go to the cross, praise the Lord. Jesus did. So you need these baptisms. And this is where people get confused. This is where the confusion comes in. People will say, well, I was baptized by the Spirit into Christ, so I don't need baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's not what the scriptures teach us. This is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism into salvation into the body of Christ. It says, for by one spirit we were all baptized into Christ, into the body. Amen? That's the first baptism. Second one is the disciples baptized in water. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you get saved and then you go through Water baptism. Water baptism is an outward sign of an inward action that identifies you with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's quite amazing. Something significant happens at salvation. All right? In your life. This is what happens at salvation. Galatians 2 verse 20 tells you what happens in salvation. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. But the Holy Spirit lives in me. Does it say that? It says, no, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the Spirit, does it say that? No, it says, the life that I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. In, in, the, in the Amplified, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is grafted in, joined in by faith, in the Savior, and he's a new creature. Now remember, I've told this story so many times, and most probably dear would tell me, don't tell it again. Don't do that. This cold weather makes my nose run. Does the cold weather make your nose run? 
So I told you the story when my mom had stag ferns and I would engraft, I would tie the stag fern, take the bark off a tree, tie the stag fern onto the tree with hessian. And then the tree, then the stag fern would parasite off the tree and it would be engrafted in. Amen? I told you that when you first come to Christ, you're a thorn, you're a thorn bush. You're all thorny. Amen? You react quickly. You're touchy. Hmm? And then you have get gloriously saved. And God lops you out, chops you out of the thorn bush. Whacks you out of that thing. It's a hard extraction. I love that hard extraction. You know what a hard extraction is? When a SEAL team goes into a place behind enemy lines or into a place like that, they wear a harness. And they've got a hook at the back of the harness. And if they need to get out of there in a hurry, the helicopter comes in and drops lines down. And as the lines come by, they clip in, and it's a hard extraction. It takes them straight through the trees. It's a hard extraction. Out they go. Amen? And there was a hard extraction in us when we came to Christ. That's why when you come to Christ, sometimes you cry. Why are you crying? Because you're a sinner. Amen? You're a sinner and you found out that you are one and you say, Father, deliver me. And he takes you out. Hallelujah. This wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> Hard extraction. Edwin, my word, Edwin, you're in church. I thought you'd be in the sky. I think you spend more miles in the sky than any person in this building. Say, lops your heart, it says here. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Who's not living? It's no longer I that live. Hey? But what? But Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself up for me. Amen. And God's so wonderful in that in this life that we live, he gives us a physical place to identify with a death and burial through baptism. This is the burial ground of the old man. The old man gets buried. The waters fall over you and you get buried. And you leave the old man there in baptism. And there's a man, his name is Toby Keith. Toby Keith is a songwriter. A musician and a songwriter. And uh, he was playing golf with Clint Eastwood. And uh, they were sitting in the golf car and, uh, and chatting. Clint Eastwood's 88 years old. And at that time, Clint Eastwood was acting and directing the film called The Mule. And his, Toby Keith said to him, he said, Clint, how do you keep going at 88? And Clint said to him, I don't allow the old man in. He made, and then when, Clint, when Toby was going home, he wrote a song for him about don't let the old man in. You must go on YouTube and look at it. Don't let the old man in. Amen? Now, now, Harry's died. The old man's died. I've died. 
I'm in Christ Jesus. <laughs> but I'm human. Just like you are. And sometimes, events can happen in life that are not beyond my control, but I let the old man come back. And if you ever had an experience of going to home affairs, it's a, it's, a, it's a bad place. You've got to pray like crazy before you go there. Because the old man can come in there without even you knowing it. it just sneaks up on you. So if, if, you, if you're a marriage officer, then you have to take all the papers from both parties to home affairs and lodge it. They've got a little place now where you sit with all the other oaks that have come to lodge these. If you're blessed and you get there ahead of them all, so you've got to go at seven to get ahead of them, you get in the queue first. If not, you spend the morning there. All right? Because some of them do four or five weddings on a weekend. So they, they lodge all four, and that takes hours. Anyway, I go there. My last one I did, I went to Home Affairs. And, um, and I got there first. I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. Just love Harry. <laughs> Handed the papers in. She takes my fingerprints to make sure I'm a marriage officer. It's always a very frightening thing when she does that in case she doesn't come up with my photograph and they lock me up, you know. And then she said, okay, you can go. And I said, oh, thank you. She said, oh, one minute. Let me just check to see they're not married. I said, they're not married. They haven't been married before. They're not married. She picks up the chap's ID document and it's been certified two years ago and it's invalid. And she takes all of it and says, bye-bye. And the old man rose up in Harry. And so, home affairs there is in in that uh, Weinberg, in that building, it's upstairs, it echoes, you know. I came out into the place where it echoes. And um, I must confess, I said a few bad words. <laughs> Quite a few bad words. Anyway, I got in my car and I sat down in my car and I looked across the empty chair next to me and I heard the audible voice of Dee saying, That's disgusting, Harry. I put my head on the windscreen, on the steering wheel, and I repented. Came home, got together with all the people, got them to re-sign every document I had. Went back to home affairs the next day. Got through the queue, they did it, they said, okay, you can go, and it was finished. And I thought, well, I better redeem myself from the previous day, because the old man got in. And I stood in the car park upstairs there. And I sang the hallelujah chorus at the top of my voice. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Off I went. So much so that everybody in the shops came out to hear. And I thought, okay, Harry, you did it. So now I'm preparing this message. I go to coffee shops to prepare my messages. It's quite nice. Sit there, have a coffee. And I'm doing it. And I was there a long time. And there was a man sitting with his wife in front of me. This is in PE. And I didn't even notice him. So he comes past me. This has never happened to me in my whole Christian walk. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm preparing my sermon. And he manifested. 
He's sort of swearing me out. He four-lettered me up and he four-lettered me down. He told me it's because of us that the world's in a mess. I've never experienced anything like it. I said to him, are you real? And off he went again. He said, I'm an evolutionist. I said, well, I'm, glad not an, I'm not an evolutionist with a mouth like that. And, um, and I think it was just the shock of being treated like that that sort of put me on the back foot. And I responded back to him firmly, but the old man didn't come back. And uh, I, I could not believe it. And the Lord said, well done, Harry. When I drove away, he said, well done, Harry. You didn't allow the old man in. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Amen? I've been crucified. But the life that I now live in the body, this body. Hey, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, in life, you're going to come across places where um, where your button's pushed. And, um, and there's a place of identification for you through water baptism. So you give your life to Christ and, you, and, and you're saved at salvation. And then God gives you a baptism in water to show you that you've been buried, that the old man's gone. And I did that in Chimani Mornings in the mountains, in Chimani Mornings with Tim Salmon. And if you know Tim Salmon, you can pray for him. He's very sick. Third baptism is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says here in Matthew 3, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize with your Holy Spirit and with fire. So let me ask you a question. Is Jesus our example? Yes. Did Jesus have the three baptisms? Yes. Was Jesus saved? Was Jesus baptized in water? Was Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit? You need to understand and get a clear understand, understanding of your position in Christ. When you get saved, you're born again, and you're a perfect child of God at salvation. But you're not perfect in performance. You're perfect in position. Not in performance, but in position you're perfect. He's put you in Christ Jesus at salvation. Amen? He's washed you in baptism and you've left the old man behind. And you are perfect in position. When Christ was born, he was perfect in every area he did not to be, need to be saved. He came as the sinless Lamb of God. Perfect. Do you know that Christ did not sin in thought? Just think about that for a minute. Never had a bad thought. Never had a lustful thought. Never sinned in thought. That's serious stuff. Amen? I mean, how many of you are driving and get cut off? And what do you think? <laughs> you want to kill the other oak. You want to cut him off. 
So, Jesus is sinless. Was he baptized? Yes, he was. It says in Matthew 13 and 1. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan and was baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. And Jesus replied and said, let it be so. Um, he said, for this purpose it fulfills all righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. And, the, and at that moment, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended upon him as a dove. Amen? Resting on him. And a voice out of heaven said, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. So, he came as the sinless lamb of God. Amen? He went to water baptism to fulfill righteousness. He went through there in obedience to God. Amen? Didn't have to go. He didn't go there to, to bury himself. He went through there to fulfill righteousness. And then the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. So I need to ask you a question. If Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, do you feel you might need it too? Amen? When you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, you leave the old person behind. When you get spirit baptized, you get to walk in the new life. Now these things happen in patterns. There's a pattern. There's three things here that happen. There's a pattern of three things. Let's have a look at the tabernacle. Moses' tabernacle. You want to put that slide up? Next one. Did you do that slide? Oh, there you go. This is the tabernacle. You'll notice that there's only one way in. And right at the beginning of the tabernacle, there's an altar. Then there's a laver, then there's a flask. Then there's a holy place in the Holy of Holies. And the whole purpose is to get into prison to God. So there's a, there's a sequence one has to go through. It's quite incredible. The whole shadows what happens for us in baptism. There's a sequence that has, to, that has to happen to get to the place of the Holy of Holies. First there's an altar, and the altar is where you sacrifice. You bring, you've got to bring a spotless white lamb. Okay? And it's sacrificed. And the altar speaks of salvation or baptism into Christ. Then there's a laver, and the laver is full of water. And in the laver there's a washing. And there's a washing that has to take place. And the washing in the water speaks of the baptism. And then there's a flask, and there's, there's oil there, and there's an anointing, and they anoint you. And that speaks of the Holy Spirit and baptism, into, into the Holy Spirit. It's quite interesting, when I was early in my Christian walk, I was with Tim Salmon, and we both didn't quite know how much oil you pour on a person, so we poured the whole bottle on him. <laughs> we prayed for him, and we just went glug, 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 glug. And the miracle was he got healed. Now, um, the, you, you get convicted somewhere in your life. Something happens. You hear the word of God preached, and you come to salvation. And then from there, you, you, you say, okay, I'm, I'm quite prepared to go through water baptism, but the pool needs to be heated. <laughs> or let's wait till, the, till, let's wait till, till it's, it's summer. And then, so some people come, they, 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 they give their lives to Christ and, they, and they're quite prepared to get water baptized, but they say, you know, this, this Holy Spirit stuff's weird, so, so, and they bypass it. What happened to people that are trying to bypass it in the Old Testament? 
if they went into the Holy of Holies or the Holy Place. They died. There, there, there are so many people that are walking on this earth. They're not living victorious lives. They're not living in, 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 a, in a victorious state because they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's like this. It's like you... It's like you're a rocket ship. You're all fueled up. You're on the launch pad. You're all fueled up. They've got, they've got, they've got those hydrogen and, and, and nitrogen tanks attached to you. I mean, it's, it's just waiting. You're all fueled up. You're ready for takeoff. They go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and nothing happens. You just sit on the launch pad. Because what do you need? You need ignition. You need a spark. I mean, there's no launch without a fire. None. Amen? Doesn't happen. In anything that works, any combustion engine, any jet engine, anything like that has to have ignition. Otherwise, there's no blast off. Can't happen. It's like you've got your car. You're going on holiday. It's all fueled up. You've got good tires. The engine's working. You've got the butt course. You've got everything. It's all there. And you turn the ignition and it doesn't start. Amen? Because there's no spark. There has to be a spark to ignite the fuel which explodes in the chambers, which moves the pistons, which moves the crank, which moves the wheels, and you go on holiday. Hallelujah! The same thing applies to you when it comes to baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Matthew 3.11 says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yes, be a spark. Amen? Acts 2. It says, and suddenly it came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and resting on each one of them. And some of them were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Did it say that? It says, but all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, my word. Isn't that exciting? Amen? So let me backtrack now back to you because my, my brief was to talk to you about the baptism in water. But I couldn't talk to you about one baptism because there are three. Okay? You baptize into Christ. The disciples baptize you in water. Amen? And there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let me give you the water baptism. Why should you consider getting baptized in water? Quickly. Number one, because Jesus did. Matthew 1, nine. At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan. Number two, it's an act of obedience. What a baptism is an act of faith and obedience to the command of Christ. Matthew 28.9. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and obeying everything I command you. It's a public declaration. Baptism declares that you're a follower of Christ, and it's a public confession of your faith. It's a commitment to Jesus Christ. 
number 3B. <laughs> In my notes. Mark 16, 16. And he said, go into all the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God. The good news to one and all. Listen to what it says. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Remember I told you that, bapt- that baptism, you don't need baptism to get to heaven. Baptism already shows that you're a believer. And then the one I love the most is it's a move from death to life. Baptism is a symbol of Christ's burial and resurrection. It's our entrance into the water during baptism identifies us with Christ's death and his resurrection. And it also identifies us with new life. Amen? I've done baptisms before where a person um, has given their life to Christ and when we baptize them, when they come out the water, they're speaking in tongues and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number five, it's a burial of the old man. We bury the old man and we raised up to new life. Romans 6 verse 4 says, it says, we therefore buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ rose from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Buries me, raises me up to newness of life through baptism. Romans 6, 6, knowing that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Amen? We pass through the Red Sea. You and I pass through the Red Sea on dry land. The waters cover over our sin and the waters cover over our slavery to sin. The root of it is covered, severed. It's left there. They're all drowned. Amen? And then this one is the best one. It adds us into a new family. Baptism also connects us to the body of Christ. In baptism, there's a real sense of joining to other believers. You add it into the family of believers. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. We're all baptized by one spirit into the body. And you added to the body. Amen? So we've booked a heated pool. Hallelujah. 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 It's heated. I remember doing like 20 baptisms with Rod in the middle of winter in Chris Bingler's pool. And when Rod and I came out, we couldn't walk. We came out frozen. This is heated. 28th of July, is that correct? Correct date. After the service, if you've never been baptized in water, here's your opportunity. Aren't we kind? <laughs> so now I need the band to come. Will the band come? How am I doing? Yeah, look at that. Hey? And the band can come and play. And I need to tell you this. Maybe today, you're here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I need to tell you this. Once you're saved, there isn't, you don't have to be water baptism, then get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then get water baptized. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is, is a gift from God. You just ask for the baptism and He'll baptize you. Right now the Holy Spirit can, can baptize you. So maybe you, 
you here today and um, you're all fueled up you find yourself on the launch pad you're ready for takeoff but there's no ignition so what I'm going to ask you to do is if you wouldn't mind all standing with me I want you to know that God wants, he says, that he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I need to tell you this story. It's, it's found in Romans 8.26. It says, in Romans 8.26, it says this. It says that the, the Holy Spirit intercedes through my spirit on behalf of those with groanings too deep for words called intercessory prayer in the spirit and when my Rebecca was born in America she was born with a cord wrapped around her neck and while she was still in the womb the midwife cut the cord once she cut the cord she cut off the oxygen to, to Rebecca Rebecca was eventually gave birth the, Rebecca was born she came out blue because of lack of oxygen and the midwife said to me, Mark, pray. And deep within my spirit, man, came groanings too deep for words. For the Holy Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints because the Holy Spirit knows what's needed. And I lived Romans 6, Romans 8.26. I lived it right there. It felt like eternity. She had little Rebecca in her hands and she was doing this with her. And then Rebecca started breathing and as she did, her color changed. My Rebecca's now got four children. That's an example of what happens when you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays on your behalf. You can be anywhere. In a job situation, in a marriage situation, in a relationship situation. And you don't know how to pray. You just go into tongues and into intercessory prayer in the Spirit. And the Spirit prays on your behalf because the Spirit knows what the mind of God is in the situation. It is absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And then, if you, you see, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, God gives you the gift of speaking in other tongues. And people are scared of other tongues. There's no need to be scared of it. The Scripture teaches us that it's there for edification, for my own personal edification, and then for the church's edification if there's an interpretation. I don't know how I could live this Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I spend more time in my car praying in tongues and singing in the Spirit than I do in English. I encourage you, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, as we sing now, come down here and allow us the privilege of laying hands on you. Amen? And we'll believe God for fire to fall down. Amen? And that you'll be filled. When you ask God for something, when do you get it? When you ask Him. Because you get it in faith. If I ask God for a car, have I got the car yet? No. But in faith I do. Amen? When I asked God for a wife, when I asked God for my wife, did I have her yet? No. But I had her in faith. 
when you ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you get it, when you ask. And the evidence is that you speak in tongues, but when you ask, you get it. Amen? So let's, let's worship. And as we worship, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you say, I really do want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Pastor, then slip out your chair and come and stand in the front, and we'll pray for you. Let's worship, shall we?